Hey, praise God. You can grab your chairs. And uh, wow, we're having an incredible morning. Amen. And I uh, just want to bring you greetings from uh, Family Church Portsmouth. And uh, just uh, excited about what God's doing in our land at this time. You'll see a screen up at the back there. And normally we have books with us and that kind of stuff. We haven't brought any this time. But we are um, just saying, hey, there's a free devotional that goes out each and every morning, uh, if that could be of use to you. And one of the ministries that God's given uh, me and my wife and indeed my oldest daughter now is just writing devotions. Uh, we're ever amazed at how it's gone berserk. They go all over the world and uh, a couple of uh, books have been published out of it. But every week we're writing now fresh devotional thoughts as we're catching the heart of God. So if you'd like to receive those on one of your gadgets, just to go ahead and uh, you can sign up free at that uh, address, Breakfast of Champions there, and that'll be our privilege. Um, praise God. You know, it was worth it this morning just to be there as that bike was given away. Um, <clears throat> seriously, I would have driven the 900 miles that we did yesterday uh, from Portsmouth uh, to Newport to be a part of, uh, it wasn't really 900 miles, I'm conscious that some people have never left Wales and you're like, it's really that far? No, it's not, I made that up, that was a slight embellishment of truth there. But it, was, uh, it, it would have been worth it just to see that bike given away to Tyler. Do you know what we witnessed there and what you felt in your heart was the kingdom expressing itself? Because the kingdoms of this world are mean, stingy, and self-preserving. Yet the kingdom of God is generous and places the well-being of others before the well-being of ourselves. That was a manifestation of the atmosphere of the kingdom of our king. Amen. Now, I want to share a little bit on this kingdom because it's, fascinate, uh, it's fascinated me again recently that God wants us to be kingdom conscious. Now, when we start to speak about the kingdom, I don't want you to think of somewhere far, far away, but something that's present now among us and in us that's waiting to be manifested through us. The at the end of a meeting, we're going to do a different kind of response time at the end. I'm going to ask some of you to trade in your church membership for kingdom citizenship. Because church membership, you see, is a sectionalized way of thinking that often affects one day a week. Where kingdom citizenship affects your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday. When you realize that you are not a church attender... You are a kingdom waiting to break out. Then suddenly ministry moves from the stage as we've known it to the streets where it's needed. Suddenly it's not a few preaching, but we're all preaching. Suddenly it's not the ministry of the greatest showman anymore, but it's the church mobilized and taking this kingdom into the world that's desperate to see it. Now in church life we can become conscious of so many things. We can become conscious of church. And sometimes church can be a distraction. We can get so busy building church, we, forgot, we forget to be seeking the kingdom. Now, we need to remember that it was kingdom first. The church is quite a baby, really. She's only about 2,000 years old. The kingdom was eternal. And when Jesus Christ left eternity, he brought an eternal kingdom here to earth 
Here's some good news. And he never took it with him when he left. But he didn't leave it in buildings made by men, but in the hearts of those who had welcomed him as their king. So we want to be kingdom conscious because Jesus was kingdom conscious. Do you know that the kingdom is like, um, what's that analogy, the red car? Do you know what I mean by that? The red car or the Prius, that you don't notice a red car or a Prius until you buy one. Then suddenly when you get one, everywhere you turn, there's a red car or there's a Prius or there's a type of car. And you're like, I'd never seen one before, but now I see it everywhere. When you begin to pursue the kingdom and not just the king of the kingdom, you will begin to see the kingdom everywhere, especially in your Bible. But in fact, listen to these words of what it says of Jesus in the book of Mark. It says, now after John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. So the message of Christ was the kingdom. And it says, from that, he says, the time has come and is now. The kingdom of God is at hand. So repent, change the way you think, believe the good news that the kingdom is present. Now, what do we mean by kingdom? We simply mean the rule and reign of God. Within the rule and reign of God is everything to sort our nation out. Within the rule and reign of God is everything to heal the sickest of people among us. Within the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God is everything we need to bring what's broken into a state of becoming mended. Not when we die and go to heaven, but right here and right now. We've got to again focus on what Christ focused and that's the kingdom of God. Now, often when I'd preached that for years, I said, and Jesus went around preaching the good news, the gospel. But it doesn't say that. It says he preached the good news or the evangel of the kingdom. Now, often when we think of the good news, we think of the gospel of atonement. But Jesus never preached the gospel of atonement. He was the gospel of atonement. But he preached for a new kingdom, a new way of living, A new rule and reign, which actually wasn't new, it was original. The rule and reign that had first been enthroned in the heart of Adam was back and anyone could now know that kingdom, not just around their lives or among them, but now within them. It's amazing when you begin to look at the kingdom, it's pretty much all that Jesus preached. Especially when you hit chapters like Matthew 13 where he he speaks of the kingdom being a number of things. The kingdom's this and the kingdom's that. But then I love this one that he says, oh, the kingdom is like the pearl of great value. Now, this is Jesus' teaching. He says, the kingdom, you see, is like a man who goes on a hunt for the pearl of greatest value. And when he finds the pearl of great value, he goes and sells everything everything that was once of worth to him to obtain this one pearl was Jesus speaking of himself no he was speaking of his kingdom he says that when you find the kingdom everything else that mattered even in your Christianity takes second third fourth place 
And suddenly the kingdom is suddenly everything you ever needed, everything you ever dreamed. He also speaks of the kingdom being like yeast or, or seed. That it can start so small, yet but when it's mixed into the flower of a person's life, it possesses everything and causes everything to rise. The problem with the modern church is it sprinkles the yeast of the kingdom on the flower, but never mixes it in to the flower. Because when the rule and reign or the kingdom of our God is mixed into any area of your life, the flower of who you are, it will change everything. These are just glimpses. My favourite, I think, is Luke 12, 32, where Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, Fear not, little flock. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom. Do we know that we've been given a kingdom? Do we know that we are now citizens of another kingdom? Or do we think that happens when we die naturally? Do we not know that happened when we died spiritually and were born again? But when you believed in Jesus, you came into his kingdom. And his kingdom, like yeast, came into you. We've got to understand these things. It's amazing that it's the only thing that Jesus told us to seek. And he told us to seek it with greatest priority. But why do we seek other things, even like building church or making church trendy? And, and, and why do we seek other things when Jesus said, seek first? Not me, but my kingdom. You say, are you excluding Jesus? No, because they're synonymous. To have the king means you have his kingdom. To have the kingdom means you have the king. In Matthew 6.33, he said, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness, its way of living. Oh, and then all these other things. Like other pearls that once meant so much to you. Oh, your father, he'll add them to your life. We're not ignoring the king, but we're doing what the king told us to do. We're setting our pursuit and our consciousness to know his kingdom, to carry his kingdom, and to release his kingdom. This morning as Pastor Dave gave that bike away to Tyler, it was a release of kingdom way of life. And it was beautiful. But all of us are called to kingdom way of life. Amen. Okay. Do we understand what we pray when we pray, let your kingdom come? I didn't for many years. To be honest, I heard that prayer from when I was young. My father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. But to be honest... I'd been led to believe that what I was praying was something like this. Lord, here I am here on earth going through some things. You're there far, far away somewhere in this place called heaven. Will you come? Will you come from where you are to where I am? And I didn't realise I was praying with wrong understanding. 
In fact, the prayer should be said, thank you that your kingdom came. So I went to the Strongs, because that's what you do when you wonder what a word means. The Strongs Concordance. And I went to the Strongs Concordance and I looked up the word come because it intrigued me. What did the word come? Lord, you told us and taught us to pray. Let your kingdom come. What does that word come mean? There was one definition of something from another place coming to another. But every other definition was the manifestation and introduction of something now here. What would we see if we began to say, Lord, let your kingdom come? A kingdom that's not far, far away, but a kingdom that's present in the lives of non-superstar, everyday people like you and me. What would happen then when we laid hands on the sick? What would happen then? Because you see, the disciples were sent out with a very simple mandate. We made it difficult. They were told to preach that the kingdom of God is present. And when they preached the kingdom of God was present, the sick became healed, the dead began to be raised, the tormented were delivered. Why? Because the rule and reign of the kingdom, not them being superstars, was released into situations and every other thing has to bow its knee, you see. To the kingship of God. So we need to move from this thought that it's far, far away to it's here and it's present, not in this building, yet it's among us, but it's within us. Not within a few that have gone to Bible school, but everyone that's accepted Christ as Lord. I remember praying this through Lord, show me, show me that you left your kingdom here. And he took me to that verse, Acts 1, verse 3, and it says that after he died, rose from the dead, it says that he displayed evidence that he was fully alive in undisputable ways. And then it says this, and then he spent 40 days teaching his disciples the kingdom. Why would you spend 40 days teaching your disciples about something you were taking with you? He taught them on the kingdom because he was now king of not just heaven, but he'd regained all authority and lordship of the earth as well. And he took the keys of the kingdom and he gave them to his church for us to rule and reign. But we will never rule and reign until we acknowledge the presence of a greater kingdom in this life. Otherwise, it'll just be big statements and sweaty preaching. The kingdom of God is among us this morning. The kingdom of God is within us. Okay, so where do we go with this? We need to understand that when we were born again, it wasn't just a matter of our salvation, but our, a matter of our citizenship. But if we could grasp this like the disciples, I think we could turn the world upside down real quick. If skinny jeans were going to save the world, the world would be saved because we certainly have enough people wearing them. <laughs> if some of our other projects and some of our other schemes and some of our, if they were going to change the world, the world would be changed. But the world's not changed. Why? Because the world is waiting for the kingdom to be preached. 
In fact, it's the preaching of the kingdom that brings the end of time into being. You say, well, that's a bit radical. No, it's the Bible. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in every place. And then the end will come. Now, we don't stop preaching the good news of atonement, that Jesus Christ died and caused a new birth for us to be alive in this life and the one to come. But we've got to begin to preach that we are now carriers and citizens of a kingdom that's not of this place. Jesus said, Father, just as you didn't take me out of the world, I pray for my disciples, take them not out of the world. Your purpose was not to be born again and then removed. He said, Lord, let them remain, but let them know that they are in this world, but no longer of this world. Wow, this stuff could change the world. And it's been here all along. Now, when we're born again, yes, we're gloriously saved. Yes, we're born again. Yes, we come through the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ into newness of life in this life. All of that's true. But I think we've underestimated the fact that when we're born again, we're also born into a new kingdom here on earth, not far, far away one day. And a kingdom has been born into us, which means right now you are a carrier of a kingdom and God doesn't want it to be the best kept secret anymore. He wants you to begin to release that kingdom outside of the church and celebrate that kingdom inside of the church. Some people's only experience of kingdom life is what happens on Sunday morning. God wants to break the format of that. Imagine if we all were leading people to Christ every day. Imagine if we were all praying for the sick. But I don't feel I have what they have. There's no different kingdom, my friend. And if you're a citizen, everything that's of the rule and reign of God in your pastor is available to you. There's a difference of offices. I know Ephesians teaches that's still relative. But kingdom living, that's what God wants for us all. So, okay, here's the thought. God doesn't want you to be a church attender anymore. He wants you to be a kingdom breaking out. This week in school, he wants you to be a kingdom breaking out. He wants you to be a carrier of a kingdom that breaks out and touches other people's lives. But we break the format of things happening in buildings and things happening in services. We understand again that what the ecclesia is, the church is not a building. The church is not a meeting. The church is a people who know that they were called out of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. I love those verses in Colossians 1.13. They're one of my favourite ones because they speak of something that has transpired. Oh, that we would have a revelation of it. It says, for he, that is God, has, past tense, delivered us from the kingdom of darkness. You have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. It doesn't happen when you go to heaven. It's real now. Oh, it just keeps getting better. And he didn't leave you in limbo. But he brought you into the kingdom of his son that he loves. We are citizens of the kingdom now. Not just when we die. But you see, the problem for many Christians is they, exp they invent a third kingdom. 
when the Bible doesn't recognise a third kingdom. The Bible recognises the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light or the kingdom of the son of his love. But because believers want the best of both worlds, they invent a third kingdom, which is a grey kingdom, which enables them to enjoy some bits of this kingdom and some bits of that kingdom. But the problem is they'll never see the outpouring or the rule and reign fully of either. What would happen if today again we moved both feet into being kingdom citizens of his kingdom? So it starts with realisation. Here's a five-step approach to being a kingdom breaking out, if you're taking notes. Number one, it starts with realisation. We acknowledge what's happened and who we now are, that we are kingdom citizens right now. We accept our dual citizenship as an honour. So what I'm saying is, if you've been born again, you've come into his kingdom and his kingdom's come into you, which means you are now a citizen of his kingdom, right? Everybody agree? A kingdom that's present, not just to come. Now, when we speak about kingdom come, we recognise three dimensions of that, that the kingdom came with him the first time, the kingdom comes with him the second time, but the kingdom was always left here by him in us. Three dimensions. So when we pray kingdom come, we're saying, Lord, let your kingdom that's present now manifest, not through buildings, but through your people. Now, when we understand we're dual citizens, it changes everything. Because all of a sudden, we need to realise that the citizenship of our second birth trumps the one of our first I am in this world but I'm not of it anymore that doesn't produce in me weirdness kookiness the world doesn't need any more weird Christians it has enough thank you it produces in me an allegiance to another king in this life that determines how I choose to live and what I choose to do is this okay today this is this is this is stuff that Jesus cares about All the other stuff we get distracted with are just aspects of the kingdom. Jesus wants us to get the kingdom. Amen? So I had a revelation of this when I was taking my son Ethan to the American embassy a couple of months ago. Now, my my son Ethan, he's now in America. He was entitled to dual citizenship because my beautiful wife Gina that's with me, she was originally an American citizen until I got her to repent and become British. Um, joking she actually didn't she retains dual citizenship so that is the jokes on me with that one that all of my family are entitled to two citizenships dual citizenship apart from me now Ethan's 18 and you have to register a birth abroad before your child's 18 now it was about two months before he turned 18 I took him to the American embassy And it was ever so funny when I stood there at the counter and they said, what are you doing? I said, I'm registering a birth abroad of an American citizen. They said, have you brought the child with you? I said, yeah. Now, Ethan's six and a half foot tall and built like Tarzan. And Ethan's just looking at this guy. And the guy went, I went, that's my baby boy. Now, this is the bit I want you to grasp. That the American embassy in London that formerly was at Grosvenor Square, now it's at Nine Elms, no relative to me, just (laughs) same name, different spelling. They don't just own the building, they own the land. The the American embassy in, in London 
They own the land, and when you come onto the land, you are no longer under the rule and reign of Great Britain. You are in Britain, but you're now under the rule and reign of the United States of America. What a strange thing to happen. So I'm standing outside the embassy with my British passport. I've got everything that makes me British. I've got a bulldog with a British flag tattooed on my arm from previous days. I was born here. I was born in Portsmouth. I'm a Brit. I've got the right coloured passport. And I'm standing outside the American embassy with my wife and children. But the moment I cross into the embassy, suddenly I don't have any rights. Because now I'm under the rule and reign and the government of another nation yet I'm still in my own country. Can anyone see where I'm going? Oh, we need to understand that when we were born again, hallelujah, we moved into another embassy. We brought our lives under a new rule and reign. But though we're still present in the land of our natural birth, we're no longer of the land of our natural birth. So it's good if we're from Europe, Africa or Asia. But none of those things really matter in this place. What matters in this place is are you a citizen of a kingdom, a new rule and reign in this life, not just the one to come. It's time for kingdom people to stand up and begin to live kingdom lives. Then we'll see the signs and wonders because we'll be doing something God agrees with. All right, let's calm down. So we're citizens. If you're not, you can become one today real quick. A quick swearing in and you'll be a kingdom of an eternal kingdom that will never be shaken. It says in Hebrews, this kingdom will never be shaken. All the other kingdoms, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But this kingdom, I'm so glad my feet are planted on this kingdom that will never be shaken. Because it's an eternal kingdom that never passes away. And all the other kingdoms, they're pretty impressive. But the Bible says all the other kingdoms will become the kingdom of my God. He will overrule them all. Every knee will bow. The difference between me and someone that's fighting God is I'm bowing my knee now. I'm not waiting to get to heaven to do it. Right. So we're citizens, but are we subjects? Because to be a subject of means you have to be subject to. But when we're recognising the kingdom, we're not recognising a fluffy feeling. We're recognising a brand new rule and reign of a brand new king in this life, not just the one to come. So the question is, you become a citizen by new birth. Now, to become a citizen, it's really easy. Because Jesus didn't want anybody to be left out. Other religions, oh my goodness, the things you've got to do to try and even get a sniff of being saved. But not my Jesus. He made it so easy that anyone, it doesn't matter if you were born a Muslim or you were born in Asia, or you, it doesn't matter, anyone's welcome in this kingdom. But there are three doorways you have to walk through. And they're all easy. Number one is, like Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You see, no one can see the kingdom unless they're born again, unless they come through the gateway of the king, which is Jesus Christ. I was preaching in Swindon last week, and it was a bit of a strange moment because I was preaching. And just before I preached, it was an international day, and they had the mayor of Swindon come and do an address before I preached. And he was a Muslim. And he stood on stage and for 10 minutes told everyone how Christianity and Islam were the same, that Jesus was a prophet. And I'm sitting there like, why me? I just wanted a quiet day. I just wanted a quiet day. But 
We need to remember that we're all family related to Abraham. The statements were just coming in the air. These lies were coming fast and furious. And then he finished off by saying, because we all need to remember it's the good things that we do that get us into heaven. And so I walk on stage like, nice Andy, nice Andy, be kind, be kind. And I said, before we get into the message today, I just need to straighten out um, about six things here. Jesus wasn't a prophet. He's the son of God. All roads don't lead to God. Only one road leads to God. And it's called Jesus Christ. The Bible says that all your good works are like filthy rags and only your faith in Christ can produce. And I went through and I thought, I wonder what he'll do. He sat there intently watching he was meant to leave at 11 30 but he didn't leave till 1 30 he turned to the pastor and he said this man is so absolute absolute I'm intrigued I must spend time with him See, we can't be grey. We've got to preach what's true. A person comes into the kingdom through new birth alone. Number two, the Bible says you've got to be poor of spirit. This is what Jesus taught, right? He says, unless you're poor of spirit, you can't inherit or see the kingdom. That doesn't mean poverty in a negative sense. It means non-spiritually arrogant. To be poor of spirit, the Amplified says that you're not spiritually arrogant. What does that mean? You know you can't save yourself. You know you can't save yourself. You know you need a saviour. You know you can't save yourself. And the third step's easy. It says you've got to be childlike, not childish. He says, let the children come because unless you come like a child, you can't join in with the kingdom life. So if you're born again, not spiritually arrogant and can come with the, the vulnerable understanding of a child, you're good. So are we subject to his rule and reign? Are we subject to it? What do I mean by that? In our daily lives, do we recognize it and do we bow our knee to it in this life? That when the ways of this world tell us to submit to what they're saying, but those ways are opposite to kingdom life, do we bow our knee to them or to him? Because you see, he hasn't just got reign, he has rule. And to the degree you're submitted to his rule will be the degree you manifest the power of his kingdom. That's why we need subjects, not just citizens. See, when we look at the queen, it's quite confusing, really, because she doesn't have reign, she, uh, rule, she has reign. Now, back in the days of Henry VIII, they had rule and reign. If he said, I don't like you, you're dead, you were dead. <laughs> but now our country's led by a parliament. You may not have known this, I didn't. But the queen has some authority, but the parliament rule and reign over things that are going to happen. They rule over things that are going to be happening. Now, that's not the same with King Jesus. It says in Isaiah that the government is on his shoulders. That he is not just the king of our lives. His rule and his reign are what we should be submitted to, even when it's contrary to the rule and reign of his life. Which means Christianity, you know, is really just simple. We make it so difficult. Number one, come into the kingdom through faith in Jesus Christ. Don't settle for being a citizen. Submit your life over what God says, how to handle your finances, how to handle your relationships, how to handle forgiveness. Whatever God teaches you to do, do it his way. I call that living true to the grain of the kingdom. If you've ever done woodwork, do you know how difficult it is to cut against the grain? That's like the believer that won't do it God's way. See, discipleship's really simple. Find out what God says about what you're going through and do what he told you. Full stop. 
But people don't, do they? It's like in the kingdom of this world, it says, let's grab a subject, forgiveness. Don't forgive. The grain of this world is don't get mad, get even, await your moment. Don't release them until they've given you retribution. Now, the problem is when we're born again, we come into another kingdom. And on forgiveness, the kingdom simply says this, you have zero right to not forgive anyone. So now we have a choice. Someone hurts us. Do we live true to the grain of the kingdom we were raised in naturally? Or do we bring that under the lordship of Christ? You see, most people that need counselling, counselling's needed in some cases. I'm not going to underplay that. But in a lot of cases, it's a waste of money. What we should simply say to the people is, repent, bring your life into alignment with what the Bible's telling you to do and the inner turmoil within your life will stop. But it won't until your life gets in agreement with the kingdom that you say you're a part of. Would you like a cup of coffee? See, we're called to carry and release it daily. We're not called to be a church attender. We're called to be a kingdom breaking out. I was praying just a couple of months ago and the Lord kept saying this to my heart. Andy Elms, stop trying to fit into the boxes of what's trendy. You're a kingdom breaking out. Andy Elms, stop trying to please people by what you say and what you don't say. You're a kingdom breaking out. You go ahead, be offensive. If offence is coming from you preaching kingdom and kingdom life, if a cat gets upset because its fur is rubbed the wrong way, let the cat turn around. Because when the kingdom's preached, the miracles begin to flow. To the degree that we're submitted to the rule and reign is the degree we'll see the manifestation of the authority of God. So let's bring our lives out of the dominion of darkness, out of an imaginary third kingdom, into the kingdom of the son of his love. Not when we die, but right here, right now. See, Jesus never told us to build church. Never did. He said he would build the church. Then we're here to build the kingdom. How can you build something that's complete and entire in its own being? What we do is we carry it. We release it. We enforce it. Because when Peter got confused about building church, what did Jesus say to him? I will build the church. Here's the keys of the kingdom. You go and bind what needs to be bound. You go and loose what needs to be loosed. Not with your own authority, but with the authority I took back from Satan. I now give to you. And as you live under the submission of my kingdom, you'll walk in the authority of it. And every demon will leave and every sickness will be removed. I found the keys of the kingdom recently in a very, very troubled time in my life. Me and Gina were going through stuff, contrary to what you think about pastors, we do go through stuff. We do. And we went through something that was probably the toughest part of our life. It wasn't in our marriage, it wasn't in our finances, it was to do with our family. And it was probably the darkest time of our life. We didn't know what to do. The experts of this world couldn't help us. I said, what do I do? And I went to see a friend of mine. He's a dear friend, Pastor Colin Urquhart. He's a good friend of mine. You wouldn't think that me and him would be friends, but we actually are. And he said to me, well, Andy, 
I'm praying for you and you're praying. If, if God's not doing anything, it must be because he knows you can. You just need to find the keys. That was in November, January, I began to fast. Now, don't be impressed. You know, some people talk about fasting 40 days. I'm, I struggle with 40 minutes, you know. <laughs> but it was the best fast I'd done to date. But my purpose was, Lord, let me find the keys. Let me find the keys. If you're not doing something, it means that the keys you've given me are the authority I need to change this. And I got serious. I got passionate. I laid aside things to find those keys. And I fasted in January. And somewhere in January, I found the keys. And I found them on my knees. Do you know where they were? <laughs> they were in the door of the kingdom. Why had I been confused? They were on the other side. You see, when you come into the kingdom and become a subject of the kingdom, he gives you the keys of the kingdom, the authority to speak to sickness and say, you can stop now. The authority to say to depression, you can leave now. Me and my wife came out of that time holding the keys and we started to use them. And praise God, today we are watching a miracle that was impossible. Every week it's gaining strength like a snowball. Everything that was said would happen hasn't happened. But the miracle's breaking out and we know it was nothing about this life. But that's good because we're no longer of this life. We're kingdom people. I could carry on. This is my obsession at the moment. But I think I need to stop there. I could carry on, but I think I need to stop. Now, I wasn't baiting you for a response. I'm just like, come on, Lord, have you said enough now? Why are we distracted by so many other things that are not bad? They've even got an element of godliness to them. Why are we distracted so much even by building church and doing church? All of those things are distractions if we're doing them in place of what Jesus told us to do first. Seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. Numero uno. Ooh la la. <laughs> Number one. So my challenge to you today, and I don't want to whip into any frenzy because I think God's speaking very now into the hearts of people. Is are you living like a kingdom citizen? Or today do you need to church, trade in church membership? Which isn't bad. But it is in comparison to what you could have. Do you need to say today Andy Elms. I give up mere church membership. Still going to be a part of this body. Still going to serve this body. Still going to be building what God's doing in this place. As the kingdom expresses itself. I was talking to Pastor Dave last night. I said, just let the kingdom express itself like it needs to in Newport. You don't need the approval or the permission or the validation of the American church to define what's correct. Because the kingdom of God breaks out of every format of man 
And what God wants to do in Newport through you is going to be very bespoke. It's going to have characteristics of other things. But it needs to be different because Newport is different to Texas or Sydney or New York. What does God want to do here through you as his kingdom breaks out? That's the question that needs to be answered. Keep making me preach more. Okay. So are you ready to exchange your church membership without changing your commitment to church and what God's doing here? For something that won't affect your Sundays, it'll affect every moment of your life afterwards. Because you'll be a carrier of a kingdom. And as that kingdom breaks out, You'll lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. Come on, this is the stuff I want. I'm tired of saying to people, there, there. I want to say, rise up and walk. Rise up and walk right now. The kingdom of God is present. And because the kingdom of God is present, every other authority can be dominated. Sicknesses is not of God, so get out of here. Submit to the kingdom authority. Depression's not of God, so get out of here. Another authority is present that's greater. The eternal authority of God. So, okay, if you're here today and you've never come into the kingdom, you've never been born again. Let's pray that first, shall we? Just pray after me, every one of you. Heavenly Father, thank you that your kingdom is open to all. I come with humble heart through your son, Jesus Christ. I am born again, old is gone, new has come. All of my sins are forgiven, I become a brand new person. I receive this salvation, in Jesus' name, amen. Just my every eyes closed right now, if you're here today and you've never prayed that prayer or you're away from God and you want to make sure that you are a kingdom citizen, Just as I say three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands. Nothing magical in that. and There's no format in that. It's just you confessing what you've just done to God and to to the world. Ready? So if that's you and you've never given your life to Jesus, really simple. Remember, you've got to be born again. Got to come with a humble heart. Come like a child. You're good. So if you're here today and you've never prayed that prayer, as I count to three, I want you to lift your hand nice and bold. One, two, three. God bless you. There's one, two, three, four, four. Anybody else? Five. Anybody else? You've got nothing to lose. You've got everything to gain. Six. Praise God. Come on, there's more. Seven. Where's number seven? Where's number seven? I'm offering you a whole new citizenship in this life. A new passport that's valid. Where's number seven? Is there a number seven? Father, I pray for these that have responded, that today they would know their life move from darkness to light, that their life is transferred right now from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the Son that you love. All right, eyes closed because I don't want you looking at what your friends are doing. If you're here today and you say, good message, Andy, I want to trade in my church membership for kingdom citizenship. 
I want to live as a kingdom citizen. I want to live true to the grain of that kingdom. I want to live in submission to that kingdom, especially when it disagrees with the kingdom of this world. I want to walk holding the keys of the kingdom, releasing others and bringing others into it. I give up my church membership today for kingdom citizenship. Stand to your feet now, without thinking. Now, if that's you, stand to your feet. Don't look around. If that's you, stand to your feet. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm just going to release a fresh understanding of the kingdom of God over your life. Just stand if that's you now. If you just say, no, I'm not ready, that's fine. Stay seated. If you say, I've got to think about this, that's fine. Stay seated. This isn't a one-time offer. This is people responding now. Now, be ready, because God's going to begin to use your life this week. God's going to begin to release his kingdom through you as you submit to his kingdom you're going to begin to experience it breaking things strongholds in you and in the life of others because wherever the kingdom turned up in the gospels things broke through wherever the kingdom turned up in the epistles something happened something was shaken something was set free now today we're recognizing that kingdom not far far away but here among us and within us father i pray right now Kingdom come. Kingdom come. Father, I'm not praying for something far, far away to draw near. I'm praying for the manifestation and introduction and release of something that's here breaking through. Lord, kingdom come. Kingdom come. Forgive us for seeking other things. Notability, trendiness, coolness, things that are good that don't matter, like seeking your kingdom. Father, I pray over each of these men and women, a fresh seeking within the very belly of who they are. But as they search the scripture, they'll be looking for the kingdom, seeing the kingdom. When they make decisions, they'll be asking, what would the kingdom do? Lord, and as they do that, they daily bow their knee to the king of the kingdom. Father, thank you that you're releasing the keys of the kingdom into the hands of your people not for selfish exploits but for the saving of the nations Father we pray together today kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Amen somebody give him praise